everybody. Thanks for listening. This is My Kind of Man, the podcast about Man Library. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Ryan. And I'm your other co-host, Toby Hines. And we are here for our second part of the Teaching Sustainability episodes. Um, the last episode, if you haven't checked it out, please go back and do so. We have a great interview with Professor Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. The other Matt Ryan. The other Matt Ryan, as he is known around these parts. Uh, and Ashley Shea, who's the liaison to his department. And we're talking about um, teaching sustainability, um, a, a sustainable ag class that right. um, does a film project. Right, right. Sort right. of about new techniques, not so much in sustainable agriculture, but in teaching. Yes. Because exactly. Matt Ryan would have everybody make a video. In his class. Yeah. It was, it's a great listen. Please go check it out. Um, but we also have an exciting episode for you today. Very similar. We've got another instructor that does a similar thing. Yes. But before we get into that, okay. there's something I want to talk to you about. <laughs> and you always get nervous when I come to you like this, but I think it'll be good. I hear this a lot, <laughs> listeners, throughout the day. Yes, Matt, there's something we'd like to talk to you about. So if you will recall from our last episode, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about recycling um, and how to recycle properly. Right. Because apparently we're all doing it wrong and making a terrible mess of things. Not all of us. Well, hopefully after listening to those those great tips that we provided and checking out some of our new signs around the library right. that give some better instructions, everyone's doing a better job of it. Right. But what I really want to talk about today is sort of the first part of the phrase reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce. Right. Well, I really want to talk about reduce and reuse um, because reduce and reuse come first. That's the thing you have to do before you start recycling. Um, And I think reducing our consumption is really the number one way to decrease our waste. What does reduce mean? Do you have any ideas? Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, the dictionary would define it as use less. Right. Right? That's exactly right. (laughs) And I think... What I've been, try- been thinking a lot about is trying to find um, solutions to disposable items that you might use regularly mm-hmm. in order to reduce how many how much dispo- disposable stuff you sure. use. So, you, so you're bringing things with you, essentially. Essentially, I mean, it can be something really simple as saying no to plastic straws. If you go out to a restaurant and you're going to get a drink, yeah, just tell them you don't need a straw. We just bought <gasps> on our. We took a quick vacation uh-huh. to. Uh, Kennebunkport, Maine, and we bought reusable straws. Good for you guys. We didn't go. That's not why we went. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't the purpose of your vacation. <laughs> but we saw them and we thought we'd been drinking iced coffee. Mm-hmm. And with an iced coffee, you get a disposable cup, a disposable lid, yep. and a disposable straw. Yeah. So uh, after the second day, we had cups mm-hmm. that we had taken from the cottage so we could bring cups. And then we saw the straws when we th- in the shop. Yeah. So we thought, oh, there you go. Yeah, we have some as well. And it's it's it, when we remember to use them, it's fantastic. And mm-hmm. that's a really simple thing that you can do mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. re- reduce your waste. But there's lots of single-use plastic that we could be cutting down. I mean, you've mentioned coffee cups already. We've talked about that before on the podcast. Yes, they're a big offender. Water bottles. Water bottles are a huge one. Disposable water bottles. Um, it's a simple thing to just have a reusable water bottle with you at all times. Yeah, I don't generally buy water, but that's because I'm just not generally used to drinking water. I really actually do wish you would drink a little <laughs> more water. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that my personal mission for 2019. <laughs> so I have a reusable water bottle, mm-hmm. but I just don't. I should use it more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Same with reusable coffee cups. That's another really common thing mm-hmm. that I think everyone could do. Now, I've noticed that you have a reusable sandwich bag, although I you don't do. call it that. I do. You call it a food wrapper or something. Um, 
I think I call it snack taxi because that's what the company calls it. A snack taxi. Yes, but you're but it's exactly what it is. It's an alternative to using, say, mm-hmm. like a plastic sandwich baggie. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's also really neat alternatives to say plastic wrap or aluminum foil, like these beeswax sort of papers that you can use to wrap things in your fridge, like really cheese or really. Other now you items. could get a couple uses out of aluminum foil. You can. That's I think that's better than the it's you better know, than cling, yeah. cling wrap, but. Yeah, so just all these little things that you can do to try to cut down. I mean, shopping bags, I think, is a huge one because those plastic bags, you can really only re- recycle at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sure. Like we, we talked about last time, don't put them in your recycling. <laughs> it makes a mess. Leads to trouble. Yes. Um, and then there's also the reuse component um, of the of the reduce, reuse, recycle hierarchy. Um, which so, that was, so we just covered reduce. Yes, and the reuse is? Reuse is using old items in order to reduce the need to purchase new ones. So it's sort of it's sort of a subcategory of reduce, right? Um, so, for example, you know, if something breaks, if an electronic thing in your kitchen or, or, whatever, or your home breaks, maybe having that repaired rather than throwing it away mm-hmm. and purchasing a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, another example would be um, clothing and per- maybe making an effort to purchase more of your clothing secondhand. This is a really big one that I've been trying to um, adhere more to in my life because I learned some really horrifying uh, facts about the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know them too? <laughs> <laughs> I take your. I, I believe you when you say they're horrifying. So the fashion industry is actually the second most polluting industry in the world behind oil. Really? Yes. It, ahead of agriculture? It is the second most polluting industry. A single T-shirt takes 700 gallons of water to produce one T-shirt. We throw 26 billion pounds of clothing into global landfill every year. 26 billion with a B. You're not looking horrified enough for me. That's a lot of water. It's a lot of water. It's a lot of waste. It is. And the fashion industry will actually drain a quarter of the world's carbon budget by 2050. So this is a really problematic industry. Hmm. Hmm their environmental impact as well as their labor practices, mm-hmm. right? Which I think we're all mm-hmm. at least somewhat aware of. Mm-hmm. And so one of the greatest things that you can do- Secondhand stores? Is to buy clothes secondhand. I mean, they've made this so easy now. I mean, there's clothes in our local community, or there's clothing stores in our local community. Yes. Lots of places, Plato's Closet, Trader K's, Salvation Army, mm-hmm. Ithaca Reuse mm-hmm. has, has clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can actually even do it online now too. There's actually- Really? Yeah, you can buy clothes secondhand online as well. It's a great option for those who are both budget conscious, eco conscious, and they don't want to support yeah. you know companies that ba- have bad sure. labor practices. Sure. So, fun fact that I learned. This is a fun fact. This she time. just lit not, up. Not listeners. a horrifying fact. Fun fact. If everyone in the U.S. bought just one item used instead of new in 2019, so this is in terms of clothing, it would save nearly six billion with a B pounds of carbon emissions. That's the equivalent of taking over half a million cars off the road for an entire year. If we all, just instead of buying it new, bought something used, that's the equivalent of half a million cars off the road for a year. If we bought a used T-shirt. If every single person in the U.S., instead of buying something new, decided mm-hmm. they would buy one, at least one thing hmm. used. Yeah, six billion pounds of carbon emissions. Well, that would be... That would be something. Yeah. I didn't realize, I have to be honest, I didn't realize that the fashion industry made such a negative impact 
yeah. on the world environment. Absolutely. Well, fortunately, we have a really wonderful collection here at the library mm-hmm. where if you wanted to learn more, you could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun thing that is something that's kind of new to me um, are clothing swaps. Have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. Yes. So this is something a friend of mine organizes a couple of them a year, um, Mm -hmm. invites a bunch of women who bring clothing that's Mm -hmm. still in good condition, but that maybe they just don't wear anymore Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And you sort of trade trade clothes. It's a lot of fun. Sort of like an evening. Yeah, you make a kind of evening of it. There's yeah. usually you know drinks, drinks and appetizers, sure. and you try things on. And is it a one for one swap, or do you sometimes double up? Like oh, you definitely. I mean, there's swaps where I've definitely contributed more than I've t- like like way more than what I've brought home. Um, there's ones where I feel like I've made out really well. Yeah. Um, it's it's always you always kind of hope that the other person who's a similar size as you is there. You yeah. know, because you guys just end up trading a lot of clothes back and forth, which is fun. So. I think that's a really fun solution, and um, for those of us who hate going shopping in the first place, yeah. it's a lot more fun than doing sure. that. So, sure. um, yeah, those are some of the things that I've been trying to do in terms. You know, last I think last episode we talked about what mm-hmm. we're trying to do mm-hmm. better in terms of recycling, and mm-hmm. now what we're trying to do better in terms of reduce and reuse. Mm. I think we've covered. I think we've covered the whole hierarchy. Do you now. think maybe it's time to talk to an expert? I think maybe it would be time to talk to an expert. Um, We're very fortunate to have some exciting guests join us in the studio, so stay tuned. Right, so uh, maybe, uh, listeners, you could run out and buy a a used T-shirt during this musical interlude. Or a snack taxi. Or a snack taxi. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We've got some exciting guests in the studio today, don't we, Toby? Yes, we do. And we're going to let them introduce themselves so we don't mess up anyone's titles. But we have Lori Leonard joining us. And where, what department are you from? I am in development sociology. Wonderful. And with you is Amelia Callagher. And you are a man library librarian. Yes. Yes. And you are here because you are the liaison to development sociology. That's correct. Wonderful. And Amelia, you've been on the podcast before. I have. This will be my second time. <laughs> Was it season regular. one? I think season one we had you on. When you I've just started. Started. Season two. I think it was season two. You yep. were asking about advice. Yes. For new people or yes. something like oh, that. Yes. Trying to remember. Yeah. That's right. It yeah, all comes back wonderful. to me now. And Lori, you are our only our second ever non-man library guest to be on the podcast. Oh, what an honor. Uh, yes. What we, an honor. We're very honored as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that you're very generous with your time yes, and game. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, I was going to just dive right in. Yeah. Uh, this is our second episode where we're talking about sustainability. Yes, we're, our theme is teaching sustainability. Mm. And we wanted to talk to faculty and their liaison librarians about um, interesting projects that they've used in classes where they're trying to talk about sustainability. And we also wanted to invite you, Lori, to talk about your podcast assignment. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, first let's talk about the um, course that you teach and that this project is assigned to. So the course is Global Garbage. It's DSOCH 2030. Okay. Um, and it's a course about waste. Okay. And we look at we look at it from a sociological lens, but also an environmental one. Yeah. So we look at what is waste? 
right? Because it's defined differently by different people, mm-hmm. differently over time, mm-hmm. um, di- differently in different places. We look at that. We look at where waste goes mm-hmm. and what that says about um, be- being marginal, about mm-hmm. various communities. What does it do? How does it impact communities? How does it impact uh, the people that touch it, mm-hmm. that carry it, that transport it, that pick it up? Uh, and we also look at its social life. So we look at different waste streams, things like clothing or textiles, yeah. right? Things like electronics, things like plastic, mm-hmm. and what happens to them when we throw them away. Yeah. How long do they live, right? Yeah. Um, and we also look at creative reuse. You know, ways that people, when, you, when you're talking about sustainability, right? How do they, how, you know, what happens when we recycle? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we repair, yeah. right? How can we keep things going? Yeah. So who takes this class? Is this primarily an undergraduate course or is there It's primary but it's primarily an undergraduate course. So okay. it's 2030. Yeah. Um, but we do have you know I I really like teaching the class because both times that I've taught it we've had um, auditors, including hmm. auditors from town, hmm. and so this That's year right. we had, yes That's we right. had oh. someone from the Tom- Tompkins County Environmental Council who sat in on the class and really contributed a lot to oh. it and opened up new worlds for students, uh, you know, who could go to the council meetings and learn about what was happening in Ithaca and Tompkins County around waste management. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, so it sounds like you've taught it a couple times now. So you've twice. Taught, taught it twice. Twice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And remind me roughly how large the class size is. Well, I limit it to thirty-two, okay. and that's thirty. There's nothing magic about thirty-two, other than um, that's the number of students who you can get in two vans. <laughs> oh, very strategic. <laughs> and because we go on field trips, ah. we go to the dump. Um, I have a TA, and and mm-hmm. I'm the other driver usually, and that's how we do it. Oh, that's great. Right. That's clever. <laughs> yeah. Excellent um, field trip. So you go to the I gotta ask, you go to the town dump, which yes. I've actually heard is a great tour. It's a fantastic yeah. tour. It's a fantastic that. tour. Yeah. yeah so uh, you can see how we recycle the mm-hmm. single stream recycling yep. system. You can also see the food scrap uh, recycling, right. the cooking oil recycling, mm-hmm. and uh, the people at Tompkins County give a really nice tour. Yeah. yeah. So the reason we asked you to be on is also to talk about this podcast project. Right. Um, and why don't you tell us a little bit about the project? So the first time I taught the class, I did not do a podcast. I had students do group projects. Okay. And I think that, um, you know, we're in a moment when sustainability issues are really mm-hmm. top of the mind, should be, have to be top yeah. of the mind. Yeah. And so I wanted an assignment that would be outward facing that would really be about sort of an embodiment of what public sociology is or could Mm be, right? And so I wanted students to talk to somebody about waste and Mm -hmm. not just, you know, write a paper for the class or present to each other, right? right? And so a podcast seemed like a really good way to do that Mm -hmm. um, and to have them think about who's your audience? What are you trying to say to them? Mm -hmm. What do people need to know about waste? Most of us, when we throw things in the trash can, don't think about where it goes. Mm -hmm. Don't think about how long it lives. Don't think about who has to pick that up. Don't think about what happens uh, to the 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 rural area or the town that has to have a landfill or that has to have an incinerator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that making people aware, you know, podcasts were to me a way of making people aware of their waste streams mm-hmm. and what happens to them, but also sort of accumulating 
um, a body of work for future students, mm -hmm. but also for the public. So we have a we have a course website, and we have an archive that's called Trash Talk Podcasts in Public Sociology, awesome. and <laughs> all of the podcasts are uploaded there. So mm -hmm. and we've act I've actually gotten emails from people in town who have um, it's on a blog page I think that mm -hmm. Cornell oh, wow. keeps and. Um, a couple of people have written and listened to them, uh, people from Ithaca Wastewater mm -hmm. Treatment Facility, people from the city. Mm. Um, and so it's great that it has actually engaged the students beyond just the class. Yeah. Were you, are you a consumer of podcasts? Is that part of the reason that you thought that that was the medium that would work well for this? I, I was a consumer of podcasts, but mm -hmm. I think I'm a bigger consumer of podcasts now. Yeah after having done this, mm -hmm. right? I'm looking, I'm listening for, you know, what makes a podcast work? What are some innovative, interesting... Sure, sure. now that you know, you've done yeah, podcasting. Exactly, and I know, know how so difficult it is. <laughs> can be challenging. Right. So speaking of it being challenging, when you first had this idea, you didn't know where to turn. That's right. So you came to Man Library. I did. You got a hold of Amelia. <laughs> I did. I Do you did. remember that, that day? <laughs> It, it changed in your life. Yeah. When the email came in, I suspect it was an email. It was an email. Yeah, I had sent out my sort of standard outreach mm. email that I sent out at the beginning of a semester to the department listserv, uh, sort of introducing myself to the faculty if they're not aware that I am their liaison librarian. Um, and it's also a really great way for faculty to have my email, and they could just easily respond to a message that I send out to a listserv. And that's what Lori did. She responded mm -hmm. right back to me. I was like, this is perfect timing because yeah. I have this class and mm -hmm. this course project. And so we set up a meeting to talk about the ways that the library could support the students creating podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So um, for those who may not know what a liaison is, um, and, and you mentioned you sort of do send out this departmental outreach email each semester, what were the kinds of things that you could offer to the department? Like, what do you include in that, you know, hey, if you need my help, email. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So that email had a couple of bullet points, kind of the big things that I think a faculty member might uh, want to utilize a library librarian for. So it was about um, having a librarian come in to do a library information session for their students, sure. um, either course-based or very simple information literacy or, or utilizing or how to use the library. Um, and then I had some bullet points um, if a lot of faculty member was interested in doing um, a systematic review or literature review sure. and using a librarian for their research. Um, and then I think I had a couple more about services that the libraries mm -hmm. offer. Um, so it was just kind of a way to highlight things that I feel like faculty might not be aware of or mm -hmm. are aware that exist that they could utilize. Yeah. And it sounds like it was a, such a good timing for you. And what made you want to partner with the library? Perfect timing, because I'd never done a podcast before. Yeah. And she I have to say, Amelia went far beyond mm. what she just listed as services <laughs> in helping me. Because yeah. for the podcast, she she you really helped me put together a list of there's a there's a whole section on sound. You know, this like oh, yes. background sound that students could download. There was really helpful information on how to tell a story mm -hmm. in podcast form, um, and links uh, to I think good podcasts mm -hmm. to help them. You know get yeah. a sense of how other people have done that. Yeah. Really, really helpful resources. Yeah, that research guide you put together for that class, I, I remember you asking me to take a look at it, and, you know, as a, as a consumer of podcasts and producer of one, I suppose, right. sure. um, it was really fun, and I was really impressed with everything that you put yeah. together. It was very comprehensive. Yeah, I wanted to create a guide for students so they didn't have to go out and Google it themselves mm. and try to find all of these resources. So I put together a guide that had 
uh, sort of little pages on how to find good sound, um, find if they needed video or images or archival information. But then I also had a section on copyright and mm. fair use and yeah. Creative Commons license. Yeah, all very and important. And yeah. things that they might want to consider if they're trying to incorporate music or sound into their podcast. So it, yeah, it was just like kind of an easy one-stop shop for the students in the class to go to for resources. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Wonderful. Good, good. Now, are you a podcast aficionado? I have slowly become one. I really enjoy listening to podcasts, although I have noticed that I am someone who has to listen to the podcast, and that's all I can do. I oh. can't drive and listen to a podcast or <laughs> just get too worked up or type on my computer and listen to the podcast because I, I, I can't pay attention you to what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This, I, this podcast will be just like that. <laughs> People will be so amazed. Yeah, right. I'll have to pull over so to the side of the road. Stop driving, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because I think one of the reasons I like them is because I can listen and do other things. Like, my house is super clean when I'm listening to a really good podcast, you know? Like, you can just sort of just turn out your chores or your errands while, you've, while you're listening and learning something. I, yeah. That's what I like about it. But that's, that's funny. It's the complete opposite for me. For me, like, listening to a podcast is, like, leisure time. It's like reading a book. Like, I yeah. dedicate an hour mm-hmm. just to listen to that podcast and do nothing else. Yeah, that's probably makes you a little bit more focused. I mean, I feel like I instantly forget everything that I hear. On the, I was like, it's just great. That's wonderful. Lori, how did your students respond to the idea mm. that they were going to be making a podcast? I think my students loved this assignment. Mm. They loved it. And part of it was because you guys were so fabulous. They they really loved it. I think it, it you know, I have other assignments in the course. They have, it's, mm. a, it's also a writing in the majors course. Mm-hmm. So they had uh, three essays that they had to write for the course. But then this was a different way for them to engage with the material, you know, and they met people. Mm-hmm. They went and interviewed mm-hmm. people who know a lot about the topics that they were interested in. So it got them out in Ithaca. It got them, they, one of them, one group interviewed the mayor, <laughs> you know, one group interviewed uh, a, a pre-treatment man, uh, manager down at the Ithaca Wastewater Treatment Plant. Mm-hmm. They were right. really interviewing right. really interesting people who knew a lot about different waste streams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was, and then, you know, of course, there's a the whole technical part. Mm-hmm. And they learned a lot. They learned a lot, uh, you know, working together, figuring out who was going to do what, uh, figuring out how to tell a story in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We initially said five minutes. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but eight minutes, everyone mm-hmm. got to about eight minutes. Yeah, that um, was comfortable. That yeah. Was comfortable yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good amount of time. Well, we were lucky enough. You invited us to come listen I to did. the final project. Well, we actually listened a couple times. Yes. We came, and I thought that was such a smart, you did a, a bunch of things that I thought were so smart was that you made it a group project which I think definitely improves the quality of what you get mm-hmm. with if it's a, whether whether it's a video project or right. a podcast I just think because like you said different people have different yep. skills mm-hmm. um, and and then you had people come in and you and you had them all submit like a sample of what they That's had right. so far for feedback. That's right. I thought that was so smart because rather than just having them work on this thing in like a black box all semester and then the final project comes out and you're like, ooh, like, you know, that could have used a little bit more editing or, right. or something. Um, it gave an opportunity for them to kind of refocus it and they were they were stronger yeah. after after that I, I thought agree. I agree um, I thought both technically yeah. and in terms of storytelling they got sharper yes yeah, they really they did. did they did yeah so that was really fun listening to that and I think you and I just Matt you and I just kept looking at each other and being like they're so good. I mean, even yes. even even earlier when we just heard the like samples, I was like, I kept asking all of them, "Have you guys done this before?" Because yeah. I was so amazed at the quality yeah. um, mm-hmm. of of the sound, you know, for the most part, and and just you know, a lot of them were like, "No, we just sort of learned Figured audacity." Or you know, you know? I'm just remembering, I'm smiling yeah. because it was such an enjoyable 
class. The, mm-hmm. That was just one class that we went over for that time in mm-hmm. the afternoon yeah. and listened to those and gave a little peer feedback. It was yeah. just so much fun. Yeah, and they really enjoyed that. And I think ta- you know, talking to people who do a podcast, especially mm-hmm. a fun podcast like this one, mm-hmm. was really helpful for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the first time, I actually, I'm not sure if you were there the first time, but the mm-hmm. first time was he- heavy technical, you know, how to make the microphone work, how yeah. to, you know, um, edit, how to do that, you know, mm-hmm. all the technical parts. And yeah. that can be kind of dry. Yeah. But I think when they got to the storytelling, mm-hmm. that's when. Right. That's, that's the when fun. Got, yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. And recording yourself. And yes, that's very fun. And then the finals, when we listened to the finals, yeah. mm-hmm. we were amazed. In fact, we Toby were. turned to me. <laughs> And more than once said, they're better than us. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. I think I'm constantly amazed by how quickly this, this and Gen Z, whatever you want to call them, this, group, this sort of age group, how quickly they can do projects like this. I mean, I think it's important to assign interesting projects like this because it, it, it's helping them build skills that I think mm-hmm. a lot of them are being expected to have when they that's enter right. the workforce. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so great and you know really great foresight on your part. Um, but I also, the, the the speed with which they can pick things up and, and the fact that they're willing to kind of just get in there and play and like get their hands dirty, yeah. um, it was amazing. I like just really nice little touches and they were all so different. Mm-hmm. Which they I were. Also they liked. were. How many, uh, what you broke it into, we how had many eight. groups were there? We had eight. Eight podcasts. Eight, eight podcasts. Yeah. Yep. We had eight and they were yeah. very different from the other. Different, um, you know, they, they picked up on different themes in the mm-hmm. syllabus, which was really nice. You know, it got, it, they had a chance to explore some of the themes that we covered in class, mm-hmm. almost in a, on a case study kind of basis, right? Yeah. And doing these podcasts. Yeah. Um, so they were quite different, and I thought they were really informative. I think if someone, you know, a general audience kind of person listened mm-hmm. to the podcast, they'd learn something. From yeah. It. Oh, I think so. I certainly learned things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Not to mention, you know, not you know being being entertained by it. Yeah. So I think it had both uh, educational value and entertainment value, both of them. Yeah, and I think it really it got it got a lot of people thinking. Like I remember walking out of the class and hearing students talk about some of their personal like practices and, right. and being like, you know, I really don't need to order my groceries on Amazon. Ice cream, like, right? Yeah, right, Ice cream right. on Amazon. Like, like just thinking about, right. that. about that. <laughs> no, a pen, one highlighter. Remember oh, the, all the boxes that the yes. highlighter came yes, in? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, but then we got to, we listened to the podcast and we got to talk to the student creators and that mm-hmm. was fun too. Yeah. It's just that feedback back right. and forth. And so, so you're going to do this again? I'm going to do it again, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to help again. I love to. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the hook. <laughs> this is great. It's on tape. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll hold on to this for you. <laughs> so when the time came to, to grade the assignments, uh-huh. you know, what were you what were you grading them on? We had a we had a number of criteria that mm-hmm. we looked at. And actually, you know, I should say that we asked all the students to grade each other. Oh. So everyone in the class, including you guys, when I you remember came, that. had evaluation yep. sheets, right? Yeah. We we everyone was involved in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, was it was the story was the story compelling, right? Mm-hmm. Did it hold your attention? Was it well told? Did you learn something from it? Mm-hmm. Um, was it technically did the did the you know the sound get in the way or did mm-hmm. it enhance you know what the what the story was? Right. Um, so it, it was a it was a pretty broadly cast set of criteria that we looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, to think about, you know, was this podcast effective or not? We asked people to think about the audience and, um, you know, whether we thought that the audience, that it was actually targeted correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Right, and then we had we collected open-ended comments, so we were able to give students quite a bit of feedback about their about their podcasts. And what was really interesting was that the comments um, were not disparate. They hmm. were they were you know they they pretty much came together, and um, there wasn't a lot of disparity. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I was wondering, I realized that the two of you did a lot, you know, I got to come in and, and sort of listen to some of these in class and, and give some comments, but, you know, you put together the research guide, you did some of the course instruction, you know, I think you went to an earlier class. You know, I should also say that the Center for um, Teaching Innovation oh. was involved, and they did provide... And, yes, and they were wonderful. Oh, right. yes. Yeah, and they also provided some, Serge was there, and, you know, provided yep. some... Amy Cheadle came. Amy Cheadle. Oh, yeah. Ben, did Benjamin? Yes. Ben Moss, Moss came. Yes. Ben right. Moss, yep. yep. And so they also provided um, some technical assistance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. As well as the equipment that I used. Oh. They gave me a small grant for that, which I am deeply grateful for. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. We, we, you know, we have some equipment here, but not a lot of it. If right. you've got eight groups working on projects, right. then you right. know that would go quickly. So, right. yeah, that's great. <laughs> so you're going to do it again. Lori, yes. you're going to teach again. Amelia, you're going to help again. What are you going to change? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that needs to be fine-tuned? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think any time you give an assignment, it needs to be fine. You know, it mm-hmm. almost always needs fine-tuning. Um, you know, I think, um, so we had initially, like I said, we had initially asked students to do a five-minute podcast. I think that's unreasonable. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not, uh, I thought, oh, a longer one will be more difficult. In fact, it's the opposite. A shorter right. podcast is a more difficult. Right. It's much more difficult. Yeah. It's much more difficult. Do. Editing yeah. down to the, the real nuggets of the information is a skill. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and I think that, you know, we should pay attention. All the, stu- they, the students did it themselves fair, you know, very well. But making sure that there are students on each group that have different skills, right? So some people really take to the technical, some people really don't, and they much prefer working on the storytelling. So I think giving them a chance to sort of vet each other mm. yeah. before they form their groups, not just for their interest in the topic, which is really what we focused on, right, mm. in group formation this time, but also thinking about what what do I want to learn to do, yeah. right? What kinds of skills do I want to acquire through this assignment? And, you know, how does that match up with what everybody else here wants to wants to do yeah, right so part of it is, yeah. was I'm interested in plastic bottles or part, part of it is I'm interested in all these disposable cups that I see all over campus or I'm interested in Nate's floral estates and this mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. Oh, down that here one. Yeah. <laughs> right yes. um, so that's really how it happened this year but I think in the future mm-hmm. um, we might just raise uh, other questions to help students form groups yeah that's great what about you, Amelia? Anything that you would do differently in terms of support for the class? Um, I have thought about tweaking the lip guide maybe for the second time now that I know more about their project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have thought about adding a page that has sort of uh, sample podcasts or mm-hmm. um, the repository of the previous courses um, oh, podcast. Yeah. I'm like hesitant to do it because I think sometimes <laughs> providing a template to a group, they'll just follow that example. Okay. And you, you want them to be um, creative and create the podcast that they want to create, not follow um, mm-hmm. the example. So I'm thinking about it. But yeah, we'll that's see. really interesting because <laughs> yeah, you can see both sides like wanting to sort of showcase these ones that were really great, but right. not wanting them to think that that's all that they could that's do. That's right. The limit of uh, what's yeah. available. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I think you know I like that idea, and I think the archive will be available mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
And I think they were different enough yeah. that it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel cookie cutter. You know, it yeah. doesn't feel right. like there's a single template that students follow. I didn't feel like listening to them. I didn't think anyone followed anyone else. Mm-mm. I thought they were all unique yeah. and yeah. individual. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were just, you know, they had doing some research and they were having a, you know, a conversation. Others were kind of more interview. Yeah, there were approaches yeah. that were a, but similar. They also but, did a different oh, yeah. take They're on just, it. The topics were different. And then, yeah. Yeah, and, and before I forget, Camille Andrews from uh, Man Library also mm-hmm. came, the Makerspace, and oh. she made the interview room in the Makerspace available to the students, and I know a lot of them used it to, oh, to record wonderful. their interviews mm-hmm. and to edit. And a lot of people still use it. And a lot of people still use it. Yep, yeah, yep. The calendar, I think, is available online, and it, it might be a little hard to find, but once it's found, yeah. it's used. <laughs> you would never know that that multimedia studio was once a closet. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I would love to share the link to to the podcast. I will provide it. Yeah, for you. that'd be fantastic. We can include it in our in our little description right. of the podcast so that people can, can get access right. to it. Because I think right. it's exciting that they have a life beyond mm-hmm. um, the course. Beyond the course, and yes. they're not just right. you know like with papers or projects, they just sort of sit somewhere either in your email or in a filing cabinet. And this is something like you were mentioning that we'd has, love to get them out. there. Yeah, so we would love to share that as well. But Good, I'll send it to you, Lori, Amelia. Thank you. Thank you for coming in, for doing uh, such a wonderful podcast with us, for producing such wonderful podcasts with your students. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. That was exciting, Toby. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was great to see Lori again. We enjoyed so much working with her and her class. It was just so fun. Yeah. And, you know, I think you, me, and Amelia learned a lot, you know, and I think next time we support her class, we'll we'll be even better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just so impressed with what the students produced. Lori actually did share the link to the website that has all the student podcasts, so we'll put that in our show notes. We sure will. So, folks, they're a real treat. They really are. You'll learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really it's really mm-hmm. wonderful. And these are young men and women and sound super professional and informed and mm-hmm. it's really nice. Yeah, different styles too, which I think is really fun that they all sort of took a slightly yeah. different approach to yeah. it. So And here we've added more podcasters to the world. I it's exciting. That's it, what the world needs is more podcasters. Definitely. It's a growing it's a growing yes. market. Yes, if you're interested in learning more about making a podcast, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah. Or if you have another idea for some kind of digital media project for your class, um, you know, absolutely reach out to us because as you can see, you know, we're kind of learning with you and mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun. And, and we're happy to lead the way and, and we'll mm-hmm. ha- take those stumbles for you so that you don't have to. Definitely. We're very good at that. We're very good at that. <laughs> Stumbling forward. That's our motto here. My kind Stumbling of man. Stumbling forward. <laughs> well, thanks listeners. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This has been My Kind of Man with Matt Ryan and Toby Hines. Produced and edited by Matt Ryan and Toby Hines with support from the Man Library Learning Technology Committee. You can reach out to us with feedback and suggestions at mykindofman at cornell.edu. This has been a production of Albert R. Mann Library. Thanks for listening.